0: This is the TSN MMA show with Aaron Bronstetter and Bazooka Joe Valtellini. Welcome to another edition of the TSN MMA show. I'm your host, Aaron Bronstetter, joined as I am each and every week by Bazooka Joe Valtellini, the lone member of the Glory Kickboxing Hall of Fame. And let, what, let them know. Yeah, let them know. Scream from the rafters. Uh, we that was that the expression scream, "scream from the balconies." That's the one. So I guess scream, scream from the rafters. From
1: the yeah, let it go anywhere. Whether you're on the floor or on the rafters, let them know. That's what we're going to (laughs) say.
0: Do you you have something something in the gym yet? Uh,
1: I got a nice member. It was beautiful. One of my members owns a frame shop, so he put a nice beautiful picture with a nice plaque, and we hung that up. But I'm still waiting for the official glory one, so I want to know how that looks. But uh, they gave me a nice little gift, and then my members gave me the gift and a little uh, celebration when I came, a lot of cake and banners and balloons, which I personally don't like. I'm a quiet kind of guy. I, was, I didn't want the attention, but it's just nice that people... It's think to see members celebrate with me.
0: Absolutely, and it's... Uh... You know, one of those situations where they give you gifts and you gift them the uh, gift of kickboxing knowledge. So it's a it's neat. Well, that's trick. it, yeah. yeah.
1: Give and take.
0: Exactly. So UFC two sixty eight, fantastic card. Aside from maybe the first three fights, which were a little bit of a slog, but once we got down to business, Chris Barnett comes out dancing, does his front flip, lands on his butt, and yeah. that, that that got the night roaring. And uh, I think it was one of the best cards I've ever seen.
1: Yeah, and I'm curious to hear from you, Aaron, how it felt to be there live. And sure, there was a lot of good energy there yeah. in New York.
0: Well, I will say that it felt incredible. You know, I haven't done this yeah. in so long and it started it was started to um get really boring to do Zoom interviews every week. Like it started to get very redundant. Like you you could have told me that, you know, I was going to be interviewing The Rock on on Zoom and I wouldn't have been excited. You know, it's one of those situations where it's just the same thing over and over again. I'm kind of back in it already this week, uh, interviewing a bunch of fighters today. But uh yeah, just being on, on site. And a lot of the fighters on this card I know pretty well, which was nice. You know, I've known Usman for many years from interviewing him. I know Colby very well. Uh, Shane Burgos, uh, I know quite well. Billy Quarantillo, I, I've interviewed a bunch of times that I had never met, but I, I know him pretty well. And same with Michael Chandler. Michael Chandler and I, you know, got along very well, um, even though I'd never met him before. I've interviewed Gaethje many times, you know, so it was good to, to see a lot of the fighters that I had kind of known for some time.
1: Yeah. Now, did you get this feeling where when you met them, because you've talked to them on Zoom so many times, did you feel like you actually knew them?
0: Well, Billy Quarantello said that to me. He goes, "I can't believe I'm meeting you for the first time." He's like, "You've been yeah. interviewing me for like years, basically." So uh, yeah, yeah. So it did feel that way, sort of. Same with Michael Chandler. Like, not only have I been interviewing Michael Chandler since he joined the UFC, but I've been watching Chandler's fights for so long that like it it just feels like at some point in time it's amazing that our paths never crossed you know i feel like i might have met him backstage at a ufc event if he was cornering someone years ago i can't remember though
1: yeah but even with me with uh we had two glory events that uh basically i had to call from new jersey and there's some guys that i'd never met but talking to them calling their fights two fights in a row i saw them in person and i just ran i ran at them i just kind of did like a body lock try to take them down i was like I don't even know this guy and all of a sudden like, I'm bear hugging them trying to <laughs> throw him to the ground so it was kind of weird and awkward at first but I think we both knew that we kind of knew each other uh, indirectly but well, yeah, I I love it I just on
0: anyone so I'm just, just letting you
1: know oh, you should have, you should have <laughs> at the UFC event, I don't know if I'd be shooting single legs over there I'd be throwing low kicks at those guys <laughs> but uh, either way, it's just nice I feel like um, even hearing you on some other podcasts, I mean, it feels like you got this new energy just being there live, which is nice
0: yeah, for sure. I'm still tired. I still feel like hung over from the experience. I'm just exhausted. I don't know why. There's no jet lag or anything. I just
1: Social overload is probably I, it, what it is. It, it Social skills. Is.
0: It's just, yeah. it's so easy. Ex- I, I live out in the suburbs of Toronto. Like I don't see a lot of people in general. Like I see the people that yeah. go to my kid. you know, the parents of my kids' school. Right. Like uh, seeing that many people in person that I knew at one time. Because I'm also seeing my colleagues for the first time in a long time. I'm seeing the UFC PR staff who I deal with all the time for the first time in, in a long time uh you know it's just you're right I think it might have been just like exhaustion I saw one of my best friends also in New York who I haven't seen since March 2020 who lives there so it's just a lot <laughs> it's a lot to take in
1: <laughs> I find social events like uh anywhere like a UFC event all of the social networking and the talking like it's fantastic and it's the best part of going to the trips but to me I don't think I'm I got a little bit of an introvert side to me, so like I like to spend alone time. I need that alone time. It, I can't be overly social, so those events just whack me out.
0: I'm the same way. I'm exactly the same. Like I'm I'm good in a social setting and I'm I'm oh, yeah. extroverted when I'm around people, but there's nothing I'd rather do than just like go back to my hotel room and like and just and watch chill. a show or something. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Why don't we run down the card from the top? Kamaru yeah. defeats Colby Covington. You know what this fight kind of reminded me of? It reminded me of the second Holloway fight, because you had these two very clear rounds for Holloway, where it looked like he was just rolling uh, in rounds one and two, and then suddenly, like, a switch went off, and Volkanovsky took over. Now, in this situation, it wasn't enough for Colby Covington, because he wasn't able to get the decision, but... Uh, yeah, just the situation where it was a very close fight from the third round on. But I, I found that in the first two rounds, Covington looked terrible. Like, I think if he yeah. goes back and watches it, I, he was using this kind of, like, square, upright stance that I've never seen him use before. And it just was not working for him.
1: Yeah, I mean, he just didn't feel it, – it almost felt like he was uncomfortable at some points, you know. And I think Kamaro just using jab well and, and, and just managing distance well. Yeah, Kobe just felt off. But uh, and then seeing the second round, seeing how we got dropped, and I was like, "This is over." I mean, my early prediction was I thought Kamara would have got it done in the fourth or fifth that round, was my but prediction
0: as well, yeah.
1: But Kobe, man, I mean ends up being Colby at the end of the day, which I think is awesome. The fact that he was able to fight back and, and put on a fight like that. And I don't think him losing really took away much from his stock because when we talk about him now, you're almost like, he's clearly the second best guy in the welterweight division. Yeah. Although so, I, I out, mean, I think it's great for him.
0: I did put out a poll yesterday asking who everybody thought had the best chance of beating Usman. Um, yeah. Who do you think was the runaway winner of that?
1: Uh, the best chance at beating Usman.
0: Hmm. One, one I mean, a 60 plus percent. I, I, I out of a, four options.
1: So you put four of the welterweights in there. Um, hmm. Are you going... Eh, you're going to go Hazmat Shemaev? Hamza Shemaev, that's, 60% yeah. of the vote. I had a feeling that's Leon you. Leon yeah.
0: Edwards, 11%. Vicente Luque, 11%. Colby Covington, 18% of the vote.
1: I was going to go with Leon. I was going to say Leon at first, but then as I looked down and I'm like, yep, it's Shamayev.
0: I think Leon has like the least chance to beat him out of those four guys.
1: Yeah, I just – because Leon I think does everything almost just above average where you need to do one thing spectacular against these guys. Like, I mean, you can't really – with Usman, you can't really beat him with just straight grappling, right? Or you have to be like a Khabib, you know, phenomenal kind of like – crazy person you know but I think you have to be just maybe the best striker on the planet to beat that guy you know to beat a Camaro you have to be that good but then he uses his wrestling so I mean at that point you're like but I think you need to be very good at one thing and at least Shamayev we know his grappling is very good
0: well here's here's where my hesitation is so he, his last loss Edwards was to Usman and since then he's beaten Dominic Waters Albert Tumanov Vicente Luque Brian Barberena, Peter Sabota Donald Cerrone, Gunnar Nelson, Rafael dos Anjos, a no contest with Bilal Muhammad, and a win over Nate Diaz. And of those fighters, the only one of those guys that's really a good wrestler, I would say, is Bilal Muhammad. I mean, mm-hmm. Rafael dos Anjos is a, a decent wrestler. Like, he, he's a, a pretty good wrestler. I'd say Bilal Muhammad is the best wrestler of all of them. And we only got to see him for, like, basically one round. Because that eye poke happened at 18 seconds into the second round that made it a no contest. Yeah. So... Like, I just don't think we've seen him face anybody with a wrestling pedigree even close to Kamaru.
1: Yeah. But this goes back to our conversation we had last week. And I know we keep saying they're friends, but I think Kamaru needs a challenge. I think Kamaru needs a super fight at this point. I think if we're looking at number 10 to give Kamaru a a challenge, I think at this point, you know, some sort of super fight needs to make sense.
0: Yeah, but he won't do it. He doesn't want to face Israel. Like they're yeah,
1: but I'm saying we're talking about number 10 fighting the world champion right now. You know what I mean? It's like at that point, like, well, where's everyone else? There's no him. challenge, you we're know? talking
0: about him fighting, and we're saying who would have the best chance. And, I mean, it's yeah, just... Number from, 10, yeah, you know? Right. It's crazy. But, I mean, Shemayev has only had, what, four fights in the UFC. So, I feel like we need to see a little bit more. And they know I was saying as much this mm-hmm. week. But I was I was saying this to Dana, and I said it to Usman, too, last week. It's like, when Woodley was the champion, he was wanting, you know, he was... Naming every big star possible that he wanted to face. The Diaz brothers, GSP, Conor, wh- whoever he could find that was going to be a Whitaker when he was a champion. Like, whoever he could find that would be a big fight for him. And none of them came to fruition. And he ended up fighting guys like an up-and-coming Darren Till who didn't have quite as much juice behind him just yet. Um, he faced Maya. You know, he faced Wonder Boy twice. Like, he was getting matchups with just good challengers. Whereas, since Usman's been champion, he's getting all these great fights coming his way from a promotional standpoint. Two with Colby, two with Masvidal. Burns was a former training partner of his. Good storyline there. And now, after all that, and the dust is cleared, and he's beaten all these guys, now Shamayev is coming up, and you're, like, on yeah. route to another massive fight for Usman.
1: Yeah. No, it sounds good, and I mean it's the storyline that's brewing. Now let me ask you this, as a Canadian, okay, who, you know, obviously we support Canadian mixed martial arts, do you have a hard time saying Kamaru is the greatest welterweight of all time? Or at this point do we have to put George St. Pierre on the side? I mean, I know different generations. I just think when I look at them as athletes, I think GSP's just that athlete and martial artist that, you know, is hard for me to take away from that position.
0: Well, I put their stats beside one another right after, like if you go on my Twitter page, I, I put together their stats as defending champion and their stats in general, like their general UFC stats. And I still think that it's hard to put Uzman over GSP at this stage in his career. I mean, here's the thing. I got all these responses saying, well, Colby would have beaten everybody that George fought and, uh, and all that, This kind of this kind of nonsense. We're talking about two different eras of the UFC Yeah, that's why it's a hard question, right? Because, yeah, Colby probably – Colby, you know what? I would say Colby would definitely beat all those guys that George beat. But, again, that era of of MMA, it's like we're talking about a brand-new sport where people are learning new tricks all the time and becoming well-rounded and and training in MMA as opposed to training in, like, certain dialects of MMA like they were back when George was champion. So it's not an apples-to-apples comparison. So I don't know. I I just look at how – how many rematches did George St. Pierre have when he was champion?
1: Well, he would have had uh, Matt Serra. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else did he fight twice? Well, my GSP history ain't that good.
0: That's it. When he was champion, that's it. The one rematch he had was Matt Sarah because Matt Sarah beat him. Everybody else, he dominated. He destroyed. Do you remember how good John Fitch was? Like John Fitch was near, near the everybody. end, right? Everybody.
1: Honey Hendrix was giving him gave him that big yeah, fight, right? Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. And I, I remember uh, the night of, I gave even
1: him before that. Who else, else was there? Had a, another. He had uh, two rough ones near the end.
0: No, not really. He got, no, it was Condit, maybe. Got dropped that kick uh, from Condit, but people forget. He won that round. It, right? He won the round where Condit caught him. My,
1: okay. On two of the three yeah. judges'
0: scorecards. So yeah. George was smoking everybody. Like he had fifty forty threes against John Fitch, who like at the time was completely murdering everybody that he fought. Like yeah. Uh, yeah. so I don't know. I mean Usman is also a dominant champion, and Usman, I think, is facing stiffer competition, but George just never got hit by anybody. He was one of the smartest champions. And a lot of people consider George to be the greatest fighter of all time, not the greatest welterweight of all time. Yeah, the greatest true. Fighter of very all time. true point. So yeah. Are you willing to say that Usman is in the conversation for the greatest fighter of all time? Maybe. I mean, listen, Usman's got an amazing Some people resume. will say, yeah. He's beaten tough guys. Yeah. So maybe, maybe you can make that case. I just think it's a little bit premature. But I think we're getting there. Like, I think I'm not saying that I would rule it out. Long term, like I think if Usman ends up retiring as champion and beating more like three or four more guys, like, yeah, you could probably put him over GSP. I just think at this stage in the game, uh, that I, I just don't see him being as dominant as, of a champion as George was,
1: yeah. And and, it, and it's such a shift, too. I mean, when you look back, I mean, champions now, like when I look at these guys, I no longer, I don't know, just me being a purist, like, I look at Kumaro Usman and I'm like, what a fantastic athlete you know mm. amazing athlete look at the shape the physique oh, the power kind of same. The, amazing but george had martial arts on him to me it, it he encompassed the old school the tradition the like i so it's hard for me to say this is the best fighter in the world because a fighter to me is a martial artist sometimes and i want to see fighters who can you know just beautiful on the feet and i know it's different it's a different look but I'm talking about champions in almost all weight classes, not just Kamaro themselves. I'm just saying it's become more of an athlete thing than a, a martial arts thing to me. Well, you I'll know? tell you
0: how good George is. If you took George when he was in his prime as a champion and put him against this Usman, like I, I still think George maybe beats him. Like, and, and we're talking about ten years yeah. ago where mixed martial arts was that jab, totally the in different. And out, the, yeah. Oh yeah, mixed martial arts was so different ten years ago and was nowhere near the level where it's at now. And I still yeah. think that George would have a chance against Usman. And, oh, yeah, and that's that something blitzing jab for it, sure.
1: Yeah, for sure. Because you got to think George was one of the first ones to be able to do everything really, really well. And, I mean, now all of these guys can do it. But even Kamaro, like maybe com- – The wrestling might have more advantage, but George was made a name from, you know, not having a traditional wrestling background, but being better in MMA wrestling than most guys. So, I mean, I think definitely GSP and Kamara would probably be a pick-em-fighter, if not George's slight favorite, to be honest.
0: And when George took his hiatus from MMA, it was in November of 2013. He was 32 years old. He was in his prime. He sat out his prime. Like, that's the thing that people also forget about with George. None of this stuff, ha- none of his like championship run happened in his what would be considered your prime. He sat yeah. out his entire prime because he sat out for four years from when he was 32 until he was 36. That's your; those are your prime years. Isn't it? Those are the years where he racked up all of his a- accolades. And those are yeah. the years where George sat out. Like, I know. Think about that. Think of how crazy. If that George
1: would have stayed active, we could, we would have
0: seen it, right? If George would have stayed active for those four years and fought once, even twice a year. And beat the top, beat like a Robbie Lawler, Hendricks, um, who were the other guys at the top then. He wouldn't have fought Rory. But, like, you know, if he would have beaten all those top welterweights and racked up his resume, like, man. And he didn't fight in the US. He fought once in the USADA era, too, George. Right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, incredible. But, I mean, like I said... I mean, George had athlete and martial arts together, and I think that's why it's very hard for me to knock him off. Like Anderson Silva too. When you look at Anderson Silva, you think of a martial artist, you know? Like I love that when I look at these fighters. And I mean, it's just I think we're losing a little bit of the martial arts aspect in uh, in mixed martial arts. That's yeah, been I, one of my rants lately. I
0: guarantee you, there are some people that believe that Israel is is better all time than Anderson Silva. Like is a better all time middleweight, which just like you just can't argue that. I know at this yeah. stage maybe one yeah. day yeah yeah, yeah i think Houston. so one I'm day maybe, maybe yeah. one day but i just don't know like i think that i think that a lot of people live kind of in the now with recency bias so it's yeah. hard to make psychology it right comparison.
1: now i got a question for you i think a lot of the big discussion is what what direction do you do with colby covington
0: i mean there's lots of ways to go uh, you know uh, he could fight the uh, winner, I guess, or I guess the loser. He could fight Masvidal next. If Masvidal loses to Leon Edwards next month, that's a fight that would make sense. Create the fight, yeah. Yeah, Gilbert Burns, like any of these top guys. Luke. like you could, you could go anywhere really with Colby Covington.
1: Yeah. I was just trying to think of the excitement. What about um, getting him in with like a, I don't know, like a Shamayev himself. Well, Wouldn't that, that be that's, that's the, the other fight that most people want? If
0: Colby want? wants to prove that he still like deserves another shot at the title, he should beat Hamzat. Like if he can yeah. do thumbs up. If
1: that's what they're saying, that could be the fight, right?
0: That would be interesting to me. I yeah, would like to me watch too.
1: that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because they, they almost like we know how strong Shamayev's grappling is. We know Kobe can handle that type of grappling pressure. We know that he can take a shot because he's been hit with shots. So I mean, I think that's the true matchup for Shamayev to get the uh the title shot, because you got to think like a lot of guys in a division are going to say the guy's got to earn his stripes to get the title shot. We all say that. Right. But if you beat Colby, I think that just jumps you three, four fights of having to kind of get that experience. So I think a win, maybe one more for Shemaev even next, give him Shemaev and the winner gets uh, another crack.
0: Okay. I'm going to get into character as the rock here for a second, Joe. Did you right. Was wrestling in like the night when the rock was wrestling? I did. Okay. Well, I've got a question for you. Did Colby Covington, Land a takedown against Kamaru Usman because the stats said that he didn't. What do you think?
1: I think it doesn't honestly, matter from that what time, you think because he won the matters. fight,
0: anyways. The takedown there doesn't matter. All these people are getting worked up about whether or not it was a takedown. It doesn't matter.
1: It doesn't matter. I <laughs> love that. That was good. That was awesome. I tried to yeah, keep it up because I didn't want matter. you to feel
0: disrespected when I said it to you.
1: <laughs> but the funny thing is, I mean, it doesn't matter, but I think to Kamaro it matters. Or like if you're like a wrestler or something like that, it might matter to his stats to say that he's never been taken down.
0: It doesn't make a difference.
1: No, no, it doesn't. But I mean, for a crazy, so, maybe, obsessive maybe it athlete, makes it might look
0: like he's a more dominant champion because he never got taken down. But if he, even if he got taken down once, who cares? Like, yeah. is that something you're gonna hold against somebody? Like, yeah. did Habib <laughs> ever get taken down?
1: I, Good. I think so. Up.
0: I think so, too. I think he, he got taken down early in, in his career. I think maybe Gleason Tebow took him down. I'm going to look it up, though, before I start speaking out of turn.
1: But now when yeah, you think had, of had, John he an Jones.
0: He 84% takedown defense rate. 84 so okay. So he got He's taken, taken down, down by Abel Trujillo and Gleason Tebow. He got taken down twice right. in his career. Nobody talks about that. doesn't matter. Yeah. Doesn't take but what about the John
1: Jones, Matt Hamill, north-south elbow? Does it matter that it's uh, a no contest no. on the no, record, I don't think or oh, no, it was is a it? A loss. It's a draw. What was Nobody it on the record?
0: It's it's a, it's a, it, was a it's it was a loss. It was a loss, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. full loss. Yeah. Which apparently That's the annoying. UFC have
0: tried to like retroactively get overturned for some and reason. But, I would, yeah.
1: I would care because it's like when you look at Mayweather, you're like fifty and zero. You know that zero. You know that one. Based on yeah, that, if
0: you do any sort of research on the one loss for John Jones, you'll know that it was the Fugazi loss.
1: Yeah, I like it. Fugazi loss. All right.
0: Rose Namajunas defeats Zhang Weili. Uh, very contested fight, like very hotly contested fight. I think the first, the first round is really the round to me that was, would have decided it for the judges. Because I think two and three were Whaley rounds and three and four were, were Rose rounds. The first round, Whaley lands a takedown and doesn't do too much with it. And Rose, I thought, outpointed her on the feet. But I, just, I still think it was a very close round because Whaley was still doing some damage from top.
1: Yeah, and but even like the, the way the low kicks were doing good, that was a lot of damage at first. You know, at one point, you're like, is Rose going to stop moving the way she is based on these kicks? I mean, so, I mean, that's damage there that could have scored well. I mean, but I just think personally the way Rose was managing distance and mm-hmm. the way Sweet. she was controlling the fight, it gave her the edge.
0: Yeah. That was just my opinion. I think, I mean, you have to score round by round, but, uh, you know. Yeah. I didn't see four rounds in there for Rose. You know, one judge gave her a 49-46, but at the same time, like, I'm not upset by the decision. I think the decision is like, I think, and I wouldn't have been upset with a Zhang decision either. I think it would have been fine. Yeah,
1: yeah no. I know. I think I would have been a little bit more um, controversial if uh, Wei Li won. I think the right person won. I mean, I just think they're a good matchup. And I can definitely probably, we're going to end up seeing it again probably in 20, end of 2022, 23. Who knows? Yeah,
0: maybe. I mean, you know, Waley's going to need another win or two. But just how closely she fought Rose, I think. I think we got to see a lot more of the fight. And if you look at the significant stats, like Rose outlanded Zhang by three significant strikes. So in the first round, Zhang landed two more significant strikes than Rose. And again, none of this really matters because the judges don't have this information. But yeah. uh, and then in the second round, Rose outlanded Whaley, and that's a round that a lot of people thought Whaley won. And then in the third, that was Whaley's best round, outlanded her twenty-five to fourteen. And then in four and five, Rose outlanded her by a slim margin in round four and a large margin in round five.
1: Yeah, it was more of the adjustment to the takedown and being able to get that top position. I think right. I think she realized that uh, she can get that top position and just hold it there and get the win.
0: I think Whaley got a little bit tired also as the fight went on.
1: Yeah, Whaley looked good though. Tough man. Those I think. The, do you think the work with Cejudo showed a little bit? Yeah, I think looks, with the low looks kicks very for sure.
0: Fight very different. Yeah, different. Like her striking technique was a little bit different. There were little tweaks that yeah. I think in the long run she's going to benefit from. But I think having such a drastic change during a championship fight camp is it's it's, it's hard. It's just hard to to implement all of those new tools so quickly. Without trying too hard to implement them, right? Like if you're if you're thinking about all these new things you learned, you're gonna try utilizing those things rather than the stuff that got you to the dance.
1: Yeah, but you could. The way I saw the Cejudo was when, Suf- when Cejudo fought Dominic Cruz, he used the feinting to those low kicks, and it was kind of same kind of strategy where Whaley was trying to kind of use the the low calf kick to kind of slow Rose's movement down. So kind of similar strategy that uh, Cejudo used with Cruz. Yeah,
0: and I guess if you're looking at the body types of so, and Cruz, like those, the, those body types would kind of be mirrored with Whaley and Nami Yunus. Nami Yunus is kind of tall yeah. for the division, and Whaley yeah. is shorter. About average height, yeah, for the division. Uh, all right, Cheto Vera, that front kick to Frankie Edgar. Like, the, the people respect Frankie Edgar so much that, like, when he got that, you know, that picture of him where he got kicked in the face? Yeah. Like, that would be a meme for basically anybody else. But because we all love Frankie Edgar, everybody's like, just it, like, yeah. they're like sad. Don't about do the it. We're like, just sad. Yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah. if it was cold, what did getting you... kicked in the face, that would be like a meme for, like, years. Like, yeah,
1: everybody would go nuts. <laughs> Just like, not Frankie. Yeah. Come on, not you don't Mr. To Edgar. Get,
0: get, go out like that.
1: No, I know. But uh, I thought he was doing good up until getting eating that front kick, though.
0: Yeah, it was a close fight.
1: Yeah. Do we know what the scorecards were?
0: I can pull them up for you right now.
1: Uh, because I thought at one point, I was like, man, I think he's going to get the decision.
0: Well, I'll tell you in a moment once uh, my computer decides to cooperate with me. But where yeah, the, do you
1: where do you get these scorecards, by the way? You can they, Where's the, uh, UFC they News just on They Google
0: them. But I'm I, I'm just gonna go to Google Images. Like they'll they'll pull up. Maybe I'll use my phone since my computer's not being friendly. So it's uh I don't know how my computer's working. Edgar Vera scorecards. Let's see.
1: Yeah, I'd be so curious to see where Frankie was before. Frankie was up getting
0: ten uh, 2018 on one scorecard and it was 1919 on the other two. Yeah. So, so, so depending close, on how that still. third round finished, you know, would
1: what have been a nastiness. If,
0: you would have, if, if they would have given Vera the third round.
1: One of those things I, I've, I'm going to always say, like, I mean, all my fight team gets text message after I'm like, I've been telling you guys about those front kicks to the face. Nobody wants to listen. I mean, they're valuable. If you front kick the body and then go right up to the chin, everybody's square. It's not expected. And what's what, it's crazy to me is you've taken traditional martial arts, Aaron. What was one of the first kicks you learned? Yeah, the the front, front, kick. Kick. front kick. Yeah, it's the easiest yeah. fundamental kick. You don't have to pivot. It's knee up. It's straight. It's direct. It's fast. It's powerful. I don't understand why we don't yeah. see that front learn, kick to the face a You learn the lot knee
0: more. after you learn the front kick, even though the knee yeah. – is kind of a fundamental part of the front kick.
1: Yeah, it's, it, it, it's crazy to me. Yeah, I don't know why we do not see that front kick enough. I'm surprised we uh, don't see more knockouts with it, to be honest with you.
0: I've got to ask you a question about this main card, because usually when you have a main card where every fight goes to a decision and Edgar versus Vera was uh, a minute and 10 seconds away from going to a decision, people like are so angry because like they're so bored. This main card was almost entirely decisions and was amazing.
1: Yeah, yeah. You just don't see that very often. Insane. Yeah, everything. Honestly, that that main card, like, I mean, I don't want to be one of those people, but it was one of the more exciting cards I've seen
0: for sure in a long time. Yeah.
1: I mean, I I have to be straight up. It was very exciting. Uh,
0: Burgos, Quarantillo, I felt bad for these guys because 95% of the time, that's a fight of the night. But they happened to go after Gaethje versus Chandler. And I even, I spoke to Burgos after the fight and burgos was like i watched that fight before i went out and i just told my corner to shut it off because i like, i just knew i wasn't going to be able to live up to that and he's like i came out totally flat in the first round because of that and he was also sick during fight week so that that he said impacted him too but he said mm-hmm. that uh, yeah he said that basically it was you know it just it, it took his mind off of it, it it like took him out of the game because it was just such a good fight that he like he knew that it was going to be hard to <laughs> follow it and yeah. MSG was a library during that during the Burgos Quarantella fight. Like I was standing really? behind the curtain where you could hear the crowd. You could hear a pin drop. Like people were not cheering and it was an amazing fight.
1: Yeah, I was I was going oh, I was jumping up and oh, I just kept going yelling at my I'm surprised people weren't into that fight. I thought that fight was unreal and I didn't Dana say he's going to throw those guys a little bit of cash cuz it was so good. I
0: hope he he, he oh. I mean he should.
1: Yeah, because afterwards honestly, like,
0: he's like, please, Sean Shelby, don't put me on a Gaethje card ever again, please. Yeah. yeah. But Burgos
1: is one of those guys. Let's let's say it as it is. Is like Gaethje. That guy goes out and he scraps. He'll go out on his shield. He does not care. I mean, so I think Burgos, I mean, deserves the, the shine of the pay-per-view that he got. I wanna mean, hear- hopefully he gets uh, some money.
0: You want to hear a good Burgos stat? Yep. Six and oh in New York State, one and three outside of New York State.
1: Oh, so he likes his home. Yeah. He likes home. Yep,
0: home is where the heart okay. is. And yeah, that's where he does his best work. Uh, Billy uh loses by a unanimous decision. Billy looked good in that fight. It's just Burgos, I think, was a little bit too much for him in the later rounds.
1: Yeah, no, I liked it. It was great. I, I think Billy has been one of these guys who really made a quick rise to get to this position. I mean, he's come in with some fun fights. He's been exciting, and I think he got the UFC attention, you know, and he got mm-hmm. the fans attention. I think he's only been in the UFC probably what, a year if that? I
0: think, I think he was on contender I think it's 3 years probably now.
1: 3 years now, but man, I, I've been really enjoying the kid's fighting style.
0: Yeah, he he's a lot of fun. And I think he will be ranked one day. I just thought that the Burgos matchup in particular wasn't very good. Like yeah. I like to see him I, I just let's hope they build him.
1: Yes, I don't want to see him take some big nasty hits like that. I mean, even Burgos, like let's give let's give his head a little break. Let's give some Burgos head trauma a little bit of a, re- a relaxation.
0: So yeah, it's only been two years. Two years since he's been since he was on Contender Series basically, so he's only yeah. been in the promotion yeah about two years. Yeah, yeah you're right. He's Good job, buddy. Towards the rankings, that loss to Gavin Tucker derailed him a little bit, but uh, now a loss to uh, to Shane Burgos. Uh, so Justin Gaethje versus Michael Chandler, uh, what a great fight! And it's funny, somebody. I, you know, what I said on the day after was like that was possibly the fight of the year and might not even be a top three Justin Gagey fight. Like <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, yeah, that was your big line, I
1: think, of the night. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that
0: speaks volumes to just how exciting Justin Gagey is somebody asked me, like, where does Gaethje rank all time in terms of exciting fighters? I said, number one. Like who Yeah Like I don't even know who a close second is. Like the the other person that came to mind for me for exciting fights, I don't know if you heard me talk about this on uh with uh, Anakin and Florian, but Fedor is the only other person that kind of came to mind. Yeah, for... I heard that. Yeah, yeah,
1: I heard. I'm, I was trying to think because when you guys were discussing that, I was thinking back, and I was like, "What about take away the Derek Lewis fight? Nagano's pretty damn exciting yeah, when true. he cracks he you,
0: you. But I don't know if just that's like, excitement oh, or that's just hit like, like waiting for the big shot. I think it's two yeah. different things. Like, uh, I think what Aichi's, about like, prolonged uh... entertainment?
1: Old school Korean zombie." What about uh he, he had this wars with Garcia with Gar- What oh, was it uh
0: with Leonard Garcia.
1: Leonard Garcia was a yeah, scrapper. I mean, scrapper. I'm not saying Gaechi Ga- 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 level, but I think yeah. he was probably he close was exciting, to being like, one of the most exciting.
0: I don't think he had know? the finishing. Like he's one of those guys that just always went to the, went the distance unless somebody finished him. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, WEC era Aldo was very exciting. Anderson in his yeah. prime was—I was always excited to watch him. Except he did have some stinkers, like the when he was fighting grapplers; those those fights were never great. Uh, I mean, like BJJ grapplers, like Talisantus yeah, and sure. Demian. Yeah, Maya. I was
1: there live for that. one. I mean, you know?
0: with kickboxing, there's only one answer: it's Bazooka Joe Valtellini. But I mean, when you talk about yeah. MMA… Uh... no, but it's
1: 100 it's percent true. It's <laughs> as I honestly, I swear, I I was a Justin Gaethje, and I'll, I'll say it as it is: I was Justin Gaethje. I was there for uh, a short time, but a good time. Well, I'll Michael, be Chandler honest. Me and Gaethje. Thing.
0: If you didn't believe yeah. that Michael Chandler was there for a good time, not a long time, <laughs> I'll that, tell that, you. That those was
1: cool. guys, my friends uh, and my cousin, everybody was all messaging me, and I said, "Justin Gaethje." This was my exact text. I go, "Justin and Gaethje." Sorry, just not Justin Gaethje and Michael Chandler. And Bazooka Joe are all from the same cloth. We all fight the same way. We'll all go out on the shield. That's why, honestly, like, there's some fighters who just do it, and I, I put my name in those two, you know, as those types of fighters that will go out. I saw Michael Chandler busted up, banged up, you know, on roller skates, still coming forward. You know, yep. that's that's, that's what and that's we what do. You know, that's what it is. They, they're, we're all made from that same cloth, and and it's true. I mean, there's a lot of fighters. Look at Bader Hari fight. You tell me one boring Bader Hari fight. He's going to knock you out, or he's getting knocked out. Yeah. Pick one. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's. I think kickboxers. There's a lot more of these style of fighters, to be honest with you. But uh, when you see them in MMA with the small glove and the the blood that comes from these four ounce gloves, man, it's something special.
0: Yeah, well, that Beautiful. was an unbelievable fight. And if they don't give Gaethje the next light, lightweight title fight, I think we should all we should all protest outside of Zufa headquarters in Vegas.
1: Yeah. Fight of the year, for sure. What's your take? There's I, a lot I of really good ones. I mean, you're, you have better memory. I probably I, I wouldn't remember, but I'll trust you on this well, one. Well,
0: versus Ortega is up there. That was an awesome mm, fight. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was Ch- a great fight early this year that people kind of forget about, but if you go back and watch it, it was an amazing fight. It was Jeff Molina versus uh, or- Auri Kaleng, the Mongolian murderer, who I think is fighting this weekend, actually, or next week. Not sure right. how you remember that, that one. but that, that was an amazing yeah. fight that people just don't really talk about for whatever reason. Uh but uh that that's kind of like my one of my hipster picks for fight of the year, like if you if you're like looking for like a really deep cut. A deep cut? But yeah. uh yeah, Volkanovsky Ortega has gotta be up there. That was a great fight. I'd have to go yeah. back and look like usually tapology, like if you could type like Tapology. They have like a list here. of options. Yeah, usually they have like kind of a good list of options. So let's see. Let's see what they have. See if I'm forgetting anything. Let's see. And then I'm like, I can't even remember
1: what I ate yesterday. I'm going to remember what fight happened when there's oh, fights every Reyes week versus plus Prokoska. glory.
0: That was a great fight, too. Okay. Yeah. That was where, like, Reyes just kept walking forward, kept getting hit by big shots. Prohaska was getting hit by big shots. They have Volkanovski-Ortega at number one right now. Um, yeah. Burgos versus Barboza. That was a good fight. Oliveira tanford oh, yeah, was... didn't last long, but good fight. Holloway versus Cater. That was kind of a one-way fight. A we'll one-way beat,
1: but still exciting.
0: Ponzinibbio Baeza, that was a good fight, but it wasn't a, it wasn't a great fight. So they have Gaethje Chandler number nine right now, which I, I don't know how they're coming up with this, and I'm sure maybe it'll rise as time goes on, but I would put Gaethje Chandler right up there. I don't even think they have. Do they even have my Molina fight that I mentioned? Yeah, Molina versus Aori, number 24. <laughs> number 24, jeez. Oh, Yanez right. versus Costa. That was a fun fight, too, but it wasn't a very long fight either
1: yeah Uh, i don't know i this one is like we always keep using the word recency but this one was one hell damn good one i i can't think of a better fight this year than this one i'm sorry like
0: yeah i'm still talking about it now like right before it started we're like you're like i can't believe this fight's about to happen Um,
1: do you do you like this whole new thing i mean everyone's trying to create like it was this fantastic narrative and it was planned it was it was because of whitman needing time but is it nice to have a, a good fight open the card like this
0: well, it's it's good and bad. Because the the problem is wherever you put this card, it's going to deflate the rest of the card. Like if it was before Way Lee and and Rose, people would have thought the fight was the most boring fight ever, don't you think?
1: True. Yeah.
0: Like if they would have put True. that where it was supposed to be originally. If you would have had Burgos Quarantillo to open the main card, it would have been amazing. Vera versus, That would have been a good opener. Yeah. Vera versus, yeah. Edgar, people would have been happy with that because that was a good fight. And then you have Gaethje versus Chandler. Like then 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 you're like, "Wow, this is amazing." But then you have these two title fights that go to 5 rounds. And it would have probably yeah, taken some slower. of the shine off of those.
1: Yeah, true. That's true. So I mean, I mean, I guess. Did it help you with
0: pay per view buys?
1: You know, didn't they say it exceeded the pay per view buys or yeah. something like numbers that? numbers haven't so. come out,
0: but Dana White said that it crushed their projected numbers. So I don't know what that means, yeah. but I'm glad it did because if, if you were like watching this with people who had never watched the sport before, they probably want are going to come back for more. <laughs>
1: yeah. Now, now let me ask you here, since we talked about that about Dana. Dana mentioned something that this year crushed numbers I don't know if crushed but it's going to beat numbers of all time pay-per-views like that that seems surprising to me with you know one having all of the streaming
0: they have two Conor pay-per-views this year so uh, that makes sense
1: well, I mean, with one new ESPN platform, people having to order different ways. You know, also, you know, I don't know, with the, with the streaming being crazily available everywhere now, I'm, I'm really surprised to hear Dana say that. I don't know if it's, again, him playing mind games with everyone. Could be, but uh, well, to thing. hear
0: him say that, I was kind of shocked. Dana kind of needs to be held to account now because Endeavor's a publicly traded company. So I don't think he can shoot from the hip as much as he used to. Like, I think that if he says yeah. something like that, people can it's be like, be well, now the, we have the numbers now, right? Like Endeavor ah, has to yeah, be yeah. public Good point. at the end of the year, right? Good point. So I think that when yeah. he says something, it does have to have a little bit more sincerity to it unless he just is continuing to shoot from the hip, which yeah. I, that wouldn't surprise me. But um, another thing is like with this Gaethje Chandler, if I, w- if I was going to have listened to Trevor Whitman, I would have made the second on the card. I would have put Burgos Quarantillo first and then Gaethje versus Chandler second. That would have been my ideal in hindsight. If I could redo it now, that would have been the ideal spot yeah. for
1: it. And then you just get the one break with the Cheeto-Edgar yeah, fight back. Right.
0: You get yeah. that kind of to, to break it up, and then you have your title fights.
1: Then the two title fights. Yeah, yeah that could have been nice. Yeah, that makes sense.
0: Alex Pereira, successful UFC debut. That flying knee yeah. was picture perfect. I honestly, like,
1: say it as it is, I'm, me and I know Pereira so well from watching him kickbox for so many years. That first round, okay, but... That second in round when he threw that right kick to the header to the body, I looked to my buddy and I was like, watch the scissor knee. I knew it was coming. Well, he Israel knocked did out too. Jason Wilness.
0: Is still watching the fight? Ex-
1: yeah, 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 yeah. He oh yeah, exactly I saw that one thing. too. Yeah, as soon as he threw that right head kick, I was like, Jason Wilness, guys, the the spin. I, I said it right on him. the switch knee's coming right away. I knew it right away because watching him, I'm like, he throws the right kick against Wilness against a guy who shells up, boop boop, switch knee to the head, knocked out Wilness the exact same way. As soon as he threw it, I yelled out loud.
0: Within seconds later,
1: bang, he does it. Yeah. So I mean, on cue, loved it, yeah. loved every second. Israel of it.
0: said the same thing. It was pretty cool to see. Like, you yeah, guys, I mean, that's just one of the things from you guys having the, the kickboxing experience is like you you notice these little nuances. Yeah,
1: I always I, I mean, I had this new this brain uh, idea the other day. I was like, man, if uh, what's his name? Dean, Dean Thomas. Mm-hmm. I, I need Dean Thomas's job, man. Like when he needs a break, send me in on that position to be able to get some tips on from the coaching corner. I was like, because even like Ro, uh, Rogan knows a lot about striking, like they're talking about miss strikes so often like the narrative of some of the fights i'm like they're not missing all this low kick talk the setups they're missing all the movement you're missing this the stance switching and you're missing a lot of the talk i was like throw me in once in a while man come on
0: you don't even answer text on fight night so i mean how can you be relied upon i asked huh. i asked you if you wanted to jump on during the alex pereira i interview. have, I I have guilty to say
1: to uh, guilty i have something guilty to say What's i fell question? asleep for the last two fights i watched it uh, yesterday
0: yeah, but when I texted you, you would have been awake, no? When I interviewed Alex Pereira, you would have been up.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'll be honest. If if Those who follow me on social media, I had the craziest weekend ever. I had a Hayabusa shoot here at my gym, yeah. and it was terrible. Not terrible. It was good. I cut weight for two and a half weeks. I cut 12 pounds for the shoot, Jeez. and I had to get up at 5 a.m., so what did you wait? on, I worked all day Sunday. So put it this way: if if I was expected to watch UFC and Canelo and then wake up at 5 a.m. to do a photo shoot on Sunday for a 12-hour shoot and then Monday again, I haven't had a break, so I'm yeah, hard drinking an extra large coffee. <laughs> but uh, I I did uh, I woke up at uh, for the shoot 191 pounds.
0: Wow, look at you, 191. All right,
1: yeah. 191. On I usually walk around, I was walking two. like
0: crazy in New York and came back very light.
1: No, you didn't eat a lot there. You didn't get your pizza, and you didn't yeah, do yeah, your.
0: Yeah, I got some stuff. I got, I got a slice of pizza. I got I got at the airport actually on the way back. I got a slice of pizza, but uh, yeah, I, I ate. I ate. I ate all right, but I walked a lot. Like I was walking through New York, and like I was, you know, I was. I logged about ten miles of walking, right? So that probably that's beautiful. Me, yeah,
1: yeah. I love. I miss New York.
0: So I'm nice and svelte now. Um, all right, uh, let's 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 uh, recap the rest of the card, then we can get, get on to this weekend's card. Uh, Bobby Green knocks out Ally Akinta. Very unexpected. Piece. Bobby Green is not uh, really... I think I, I saw that his last finish was eight years ago to the day of that fight. Like, on the exact Crazy. same date. Yeah. Uh, Chris Curtis, the action man, gets a first-round finish. I'm thrilled for this guy because his story to get to the UFC is quite remarkable. And, uh, yeah, I I actually... I paralleled him and Chris Barnett from from the day, from the, How many days from their professional MMA debut to their mm-hmm. like first UFC win? And it was like 4,700 days or something crazy like that. For both of them, it was like in the 4,000-plus days or 2,000-plus. Mm-hmm. Some, some crazy number. Maybe it was 2,000-plus. 2,000-plus makes more sense. No, actually, 4,000-plus could make sense. Mm-hmm.
1: 4, we ended four. up getting, what, like seven finishes in a row on the undercard, right? Yeah. That kind of led up.
0: Barnett Volante, Ian Gary, Jordan Williams, Imavov versus Shabazi, and what a finish that was. It was six in a row. Six in a row.
1: Six in a row. Yeah. Now I need to ask you about Ian Gary. What did you think of his debut? I thought
0: that was the perfect fight for him because the guy put him in trouble early on. Like the guy was was yeah. hitting him with some big shots, and Gary explained to me, you know afterwards that was that uh, Williams changed his strategies. That he was looking for Williams to move his head a lot because that's what Williams did typically. And then he said once he figured out that he he was going to keep his head on a straight line. He knew he was gonna find find the shot at some point. Yeah. But the, this is an impressive kid, man, who talks with the bravado of a Conor McGregor backstage. Like this guy's like, when I turn 26, when I'm 26 years old, I'm gonna fight Hamza Shamaya for the welterweight title and become the champion. Like, you don't hear people talk like that in like absolutes, you know? Yeah. Well, at 23 years like old, that. too. Yeah, he's young. You
1: know, talking about fighting big grown men. Yeah. So uh. So yeah, I I didn't like the way he got hit. I'll be honest I'm with you. With you. He, the way his on, head he snapped that. back, I was like, yeah, you got the hype, homie, but uh, you got to work that neck and get your head off moving. If you get one of the big boys hitting you with some big shots like that, I mean, you're going out. So, well, that's why it was a good opponent. Um, Jordan things Williams to work is on. Tough. Jordan Williams is a tough yeah, guy. Big, strong boy, yeah. but like when, you, when he's going to go up and he, he's going to get cracked by uh, – you know, yeah, like, I don't know. I'm like, trying to look at some of the bigger boys. A Nivio is going to, you know, put you back. Uh, Vicente Luque yeah. cracks you with something. You're going to feel it, Wang. you know?
0: Yeah, you're not going to Gilbert
1: Burns, ones. imagine yeah. Gilbert Burns sitting on a punch and, and, and cracking Ian can, Gary's yeah, long neck like that. Yeah, I know, but in real <laughs> yeah. MMA glove with right. his long, Ian Gary's, because his neck's long, man. Those long necks kind of flop like yeah. giraffe style. Well, Gary you know? said that
0: he got roughed up in camp. He said it was the hardest camp of his life. It was his first camp at Sanford. And he just up oh, yeah. roughed up by everybody. Like it's of course he did, yeah. Well, that's good. But so, uh, welcome, uh, yeah. welcome to the NBA, it's... as they say. Yeah,
1: <laughs> welcome, <laughs> sink or swim. Let's go. But I mean, potential. I like the vibe, like the things. But uh, technically, he's, his his uh, his mouth needs to match the technique, and that's what Connor did, right? Connor backed up what he said, and Ian's got to make sure he trains extra hard to back up the big mouth.
0: And Nasruddin Imovov, that guy looked unbelievable against Shabazian. Yeah, I he mean, destroyed him. Like nasty. that was a that was a beating.
1: Yeah, I said it last show. I, uh, they're not doing Shabazi and anything good. I know he's big, the potential. He needs the they, right no, matchup. I think they've
0: ruined him. Like I don't know how he's gonna bounce yeah. back. From they
1: destroyed the kid.
0: Yeah, I three mean he had the hype. I think great, all, but come on. Uh, two of the three were finishes. It's tough. Yeah, man. I don't know. Like I don't know what they can do to to bring this guy back because like he's still very young. But those kind of beatings, like. Have you ever seen somebody bounce back in their career from something like that where early on in their career, in their, like, 20s, they're fighting the tough, tough guys, losing, 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 and then they have to bounce back? Like, maybe Robbie mm, Lawler? Like, tough. I can't think of that many yeah. people.
1: I'm not too sure. I mean, it's it's a tough, uh, definitely a tough situation to be in. Yeah. I mean, I don't think – I'll be honest. The one person I think they did right with the building, Sean O'Malley.
0: Yeah. I mean, he did lose to a like, but yeah.
1: I know, but before, like, even Cheeto, that was the right step up. Mm -hmm. He fought like 10 UFC fights before he got to Mm Cheeto. I think he even fought more than 10 before he got. His toughest match was Cheeto after 10, 12 fights. That's right. You know, that's perfect. You know, I think they gave him the right fights, the right steps, the right names. Like, I think they just did it right with him. He was young. He was able to build his star power, his talking, his, his presence. I think he was the one that they built the right. And now he's, when he's taking these top five fights, these top tens, he's ready. He's ready to build them properly. He's seasoned as a, as a UFC vet now. I think they did it right with him.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's rare that that happens because these guys have to win their fights. Like, it's it's hard for these yeah. people to get to where they need to be. Um, unless you're like Hamzat, who just destroys people and, is like, makes it easy on the UFC. It's <laughs> just like, imagine, yeah. oh, he's just going to yeah. beat everybody. Makes your job easier. That's it. Um, All right, let's look at the, this weekend's card. I know you've got to get going soon, Joe. So let's uh, take a quick look at uh, Max Holloway against Yair Rodriguez. I put out another fun stat on Twitter uh, yesterday that uh, Holloway, I, I don't know if these are the exact numbers off the top of my head, but Holloway, in his last fight against Cater, landed 445 significant strikes. And every other main card fighter combined in their last fight landed four hundred and seventy one. Like all nine other Jeez. fighters on the main card. Damn. Although that's changed yeah. now because now Kyle Dawkins versus Roman De Leeds was scratched last night. So
1: it's but still, man. Max Holloway. Do you think do you agree with this minus seven hundred kind of I mean, average on this?
0: I I do because how's Yeah Rodriguez winning this fight. Yeah.
1: And even the ones he's won, he's been wasn't really dominating. Like he caught, um, who was it? The zombie at the end there. Mm -hmm. And I don't. Other than that, like he hasn't been dominating. I don't
0: think it's an indictment on Rodriguez because Rodriguez is a really good fighter, but it's more just about how good Holloway is, right? Like, and it's also a stylistic matchup. Like, I think the the guys that you would like give some credit to against Max are guys that could wrestle or try to sub him or something like that. But when it's a striking fight. Which is what this is going to be. It's just like, is are going to be able to? You can't go against Holloway.
1: It. Yeah, maybe, maybe because of some of the unorthodox stuff, but I can't see it. But I mean, yeah, he's in it. Don't get me wrong, he's in it, but Max definitely heavy favorite.
0: Right, so let's look for angles here. What, like, what do you think?
1: Like a prop bet on yeah, it, Holloway or, or runs
0: five at, at twenty to one? I think is an interesting one because I think that if, if Holloway just puts it on him, maybe he can get him out of there late, but what's the Holloway wins by decision prop? Um, like Holloway by decision, because that I think is the most likely outcome. I don't think Holloway getting a finish is, is super likely, but yeah, it's even money Holloway by decision.
1: You don't think Holloway can get a finish? With the volume, the pressure, it would be tough, but because it's just under four and a half rounds, you well, can get even money for it.
0: Yeah, I don't think, I, I mean, that's probably the right play is the over. Like fight goes the distance is minus, fight goes the decision is minus 110. But you can get under four ha- and a half at yeah.
1: plus one hundred, right?
0: Yeah, I just don't. I don't think it's going to go under. I think it goes. I think it goes the distance. But the Me other, too. the other one is the Holloway round five prop. Like if I was going to take it to go to a decision, I would. I would safeguard it with Holloway round five at twenty to one. Maybe even Holloway round four.
1: Yeah, it'll be a late one if anything, right? For sure. Yeah,
0: I don't see. I don't see him coming and just cleaning Yair's clock. Has Yair? Yair's only lost once. It was by a decision, right? Like, I don't know. He was gonna lose by the yeah. end to the zombie if not for that hail mary up elbow.
1: Yeah, and, and and like Max's pressure is more. I'm gonna hit you 50 times to exactly. put you out. It's not like that one shot's gonna kill you, but sometimes those cumulative ones gonna hurt more.
0: Yeah. Do you think that he needs to be more careful against you that year than he did against Calvin Cater?
1: I honestly think with Kelvin, I think he had to be almost just, it's kind of similar because they all have like that one shot. Like if Kelvin hits you with the right hand, you're done, you know? So I think Max kind of had to be worried about that. Yair has a little bit more kicking than Kelvin, I would say. Yeah. So maybe the range, but Max is just going to close that range that's to exactly take away it. the kicking at that point anyway. That's anyways. why I think he's
0: such a big favorite. Is like Max is so good with his range and, and getting into boxing range, and Yair needs the space. Yeah, and he the needs cage. to move
1: in space. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's why I'm thinking, I mean, who knows, a finish could happen with that volume pressured, but, uh, like, a decision is the best prop, but it's not paying well enough.
0: There's not a ton that I love on this card from a value standpoint. Um, I like Colin Anglin as an underdog against Sean Woodson. Like, Sean Woodson is a really good fighter, but sometimes he just doesn't show. Like, sometimes he doesn't show up. I don't know what it is. Um, and Colin Anglin is going to show up. Like, Colin Anglin will will be good in that fight.
1: They've got, uh, where am I reading on the, the betting site, but... They had OSP.
0: He's not on the card anymore.
1: Okay, I was like, yeah, where? I on. didn't see that.
0: Been scratched. Um, yeah, Mark DeCazie.
1: I like. I really like Mark.
0: I might take inzechaku round three again, like I did last time. He was ten to one this time to win round three, and he won in round three last time, and that's where he's at. His, that, that's where he seems seems to be at his most dangerous is in round three. Yeah, you mentioned DeCazie against Alves. That's a good fight.
1: That's a nice fight. Yeah, DeCazie it's is fun. He brought in uh, my buddy from Holland uh to do training nick hemmer's a few fights back so mark and i have been following each other and liking each other's stuff on instagram so i've been supporting him i like i like he trains with the different top coaches he'll go to the uk train with the best boxing goes to holland his striking's become very good
0: what's going on with with matt speciale we're seeing all these these fight cards getting announced in ontario and he's not on them
1: uh, the BTC couldn't find him anyone. And then, uh, we reached out to this other sink <laughs> ball in the falls. They're not looking. I mean, no one's really looking. I mean, it's Is he just, just at a
0: price point that these like smaller promotions can't afford. Not,
1: not a, not a price point, the experience point. Cause he's almost at the point where it's like, he's on the cusp. Newer guys won't fight him. And mm-hmm. then the bigger guys are already matched up looking to go elsewhere. So they're not available for him. I mean, it's just, it's, It's not even a price point thing. It's like these early pro guys aren't going to fight Matt. When they do, Matt's going to just destroy them. So Matt's ready to go. Like I would honestly put Matt in even a contender series fight. Like he's ready to go at that level. He just needs fights to show that he's at that level. And it's just very difficult. And then it's hard to go to the UFC at that point, you know? And I know that PFL is doing some form of tryout thing in early February, but I'm like, it's for like their trial, their, it's like their contender series, PFL is doing huh. something like that. or And then I'm like, they they those guys invest in all Dagestani wrestlers. I'm like, why do I want to put Matt in a Dagestani <laughs> wrestling camp, you in. know? It's like... Yeah. It's hard to look good against that type of thing if I want him in the UFC. So, I mean, there's a lot of telling you, coming up and fighting in Canada and Ontario sucks right now. Mm-hmm. It's very bad. You know, it's very bad. No options. And then the options we get for Matt, it's like, I'm friends with him. He trains down the road. He's come over here so many times. His coach is a good friend of mine. They don't want him to fight. So, I mean, it's just almost, it's, we have to get him to the U.S.
0: Mm-hmm. Hopefully that that'll uh, happen with the contender series next year. Uh, anything else on this card? I, Felicia Spencer's a massive favorite, minus 310. I'm not really comfortable laying that kind of a price with her, but I think the Spencer submission profit plus 330 is worth a look.
1: I like uh, I like Sean Woodson. I know he's a favorite, but yeah, I uh I think, nice guy. I think
0: Anglin. is a value underdog in that spot. Like, I think Woodson is a really good fighter, and if he's on, he'll win that fight. But sometimes yeah. he just there's just it seems like he has a brain fart sometimes and just can't get into it. Yeah, right it's the that?
1: power sometimes. It's long, rangy, stance switching, long. It's just sometimes uh, he just needs to put a little bit of emphasis on some stuff to kind of uh, make it a little bit more dominant. But I think he's he's been dominant up until his last one. I think he lost his last one against someone else I knew. I think they two friends I know fought each other, I'm pretty sure. Who was Woodson's last fight?
0: Yeah, uh, Woodson's last fight was Yusuf Zalal. I think he won that fight. But he lost okay, to yeah, yeah. They,
1: they were like almost teammates, yeah. Yeah. Cable's right, yeah, yeah, that, that was the fight Montoya. where Kraus
0: was coaching against uh, Montoya. Yeah, yeah. If I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, that's uh, interesting. So, that, that should be an interesting fight. Um, Baeza-Chaos Williams is an awesome fight. But it's hard to get excited about these fights after uh, this past month, <laughs> After that I weekend, yeah, yeah. Julio Arce, another bantamweight fight. I'm excited for that. I, I like him as an underdog there against Song Yudong. But that's a great fight. That, that might be the best fight on the card outside of the main event.
1: And that's uh, early prelims too, right?
0: Is it? I don't know. I don't have the main card in front of me. Is it? Uh,
1: I just used the UFC site here.
0: No, I think that. That, is that main always card. changes. I think that is on the main card. Well, either way, should anything, be. I know you need to get going. Is there anything we're missing here? I feel like. Do you care about this new Triller card with the other uh, weird triangle ring?
1: I don't know about that. <laughs> I thought that was a joke when they said triangle ring. I know they got Mike Perry and uh, Frank Mir involved in it.
0: You know who the real headliner is of that card, Joe? Metallica.
1: Metallica. Metallica. I know they're waiting
0: at the at the stadium I, in Texas. That's what people are going to show question up is
1: like, for. Where do they get that money to
0: get all of this? That That's is a big question. question, Joe. That's the million. Yeah, where is it coming question? from?
1: How do you get all these guys in Metallica and New Rules? Like, are commissions just going to allow you to have a a triangle ring just because you want to?
0: Dude, I like is I it, are you allowed like, to I can
1: i just say hey car. i'm gonna start a, a, an organ and i think it's a modified
0: glove like yeah, it's a mix it's between a, mix. a boxing that's and what a, they want to do they want to have like a hybrid model between <sighs> boxing and mma
1: ruin martial arts even <laughs> come on what are you trying to do it's we have bare knuckle now which i understand bare knuckle is martial arts i'm yeah. okay with that you know it's a it's a tr- true form i'm all right with this but when you start mixing and matching i think it's going to get a little weird well, I like it got sorry go ahead like when they said one FC, like the mixing of the rounds, I'm like, okay, that's a cool thing, but let's not get too carried away with that once or two super fights, but then let's stick to it. That's me. I'm a purist that way.
0: Well, I said uh, to Luke Thomas, I, I'm more interested in Khabib's uh, hybrid of basketball and MMA. Let's, let's get that moving. Let's get that going. <laughs> was
1: that, Is he really going to do it? Well, they, it was you soccer, it, wasn't you it? the
0: video of them playing basketball, the Dagestanis playing basketball? No. Oh, you should look well, it that's up. Funny. It's amazing. They're like wrestling each other, no idea. passing the ball, like oh. barely any dribbling. I want to see that as a sport.
1: Let's get that. What mind. did you you did, did you play street uh, basketball growing
0: up? Yeah, of course.
1: We used to call them. What, are we, what kind of rules are we playing? we playing street rules? Did you ever play street rules? Where you can, like, mock people? To body check and, like, no, no, no. you know, you get to, like, get. Yeah, we I'm used about to about the purity uh, of the game, James. No. What did we call it? No, it wasn't called street rules. It was called prison rules, we used to say. Oh, rules. We used to say, we playing prison rules? No, I never did. Yeah. That. We used to call prison rules I didn't basketball, yeah, no
0: look,
1: you gotta I'm gonna take you for some prison rules basketball in the hood one day, Aaron, <laughs> we're gonna go play together
0: all right, well as long as you're on my team, I'm fine
1: let's say we got your our front kicks are better than anybody on that basketball court,
0: yeah, all right, I'll take it, um all right, anything else here i don't I don't see much uh i mean I like seeing Israel's response to Alex Pereira, I was just saying i hope to, I hope to fight him one day, but Pereira's thirty four right like the clock is ticking on that one.
1: Yeah. I mean, the the narrative seems to be he's going to be going up fast. Come on, Like, I mean, yeah, he's 34. The man's got like 70 kickboxing fights. He's probably, you know, like he's ready to go. He's battle tested. He's been in big arenas. He's won world titles. What I did love, and I absolutely loved this, and it made me so happy when they announced Alex Pereira, they announced him as the former glory yeah, they that uh, champion, which is yeah. huge. But I mean, usually just, uh, I would never hear them say a kickboxing world title. So it just shows that glory is being recognized as one of the the major world titles of the world That's in all should. combat sports. So That's I it loved should.
0: it. Uh yeah. one, one last thing. Uh, Bellator two seventy one is on Friday. It's actually a really good card, which we kind of you know glossed over. But uh cyborg against Sinead Kavanaugh, Linton Vassal versus uh, Tyrell Fortune, Aaron Pico in action. Uh, That's my the one I'm most excited yeah, for. Too. Pico, Steve Mowry in action. Uh, Jordan Newman, who's a beast, he's in action. I might do my uh, my inside the distance parlay again, like I did last time. Mm. Just take the big favorite. What about inside the distance? Parlay Cody
1: Law. Now. That that name's familiar to me. Who's Cody Law?
0: He's the uh, guy from the video game Final Fight. No, I don't know who he is. Uh, did know. you ever play Final yeah. Fight when you were growing up? No. Let's see. Cody Law. I so, play- He was um. So I guess I've seen was him a, fight it. He was like a folk style. Wrestler, collegiate wrestler.
1: Um, well, I seem to know him by name, he but I don't, I don't know.
0: He fought. I watched July him fight. 15th. Yeah, I don't know. He's four and zero in Bellator, and he was a Division Two national. Probably champion. just watched him.
1: Probably just watched him fight once, and the name yeah, sounded it, cool. It I would like a name, Joe Law, you Cody know, Law. something like that, Cody Law. Mm-hmm. He needs a good nickname. No, I don't know who he is. Just looked up a picture.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right.
1: Definitely don't know who Cody Law is, but no, right. cool well, maybe, name, man. Maybe you'll I watch like it. Friday
0: and then you'll remember the name. That's like, it. I'll be impressed. It. Yeah. All right, man. Well, hey. I, I should let you go. I've, I've taken up too much of your yes, time here, so Everybody, well, have I've a great get day. Going. And we'll see you next week. All right,
1: guys. Boom.
0: Thanks for listening to the TSN MMA
1: show. For all the latest UFC news, visit TSN.ca/UFC. slash